Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How do you miss up? This is the long two. My name is Daddy. His name is Brandon. We're a fantasy basketball podcast. Brandon, how's it going? It's going all right. Um, haven't been able to catch up on the scores. So what's going on around the league tonight, Natty? Well, you know that this is really a Pistons podcast since we tend to start every pod with what happened to Detroit that day. And the Pistons just beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 115 to 105. Cade, who was held scoreless in the first half, ended with a triple double. Um, and that's just a really nice win. Cade versus oh, Mobley. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I'm in a good mood. That's a that's a great win. I mean, we we were texting this week about Cleveland and, um, you know, at this point they are. Let's see where they are in the East. Cleveland is fifth, but they're two games out of the one spot. So, you know, they have a good week. They could be the best team in the East. So that's a great win for your for sure. Uh, And man, fucking Mobley is just so good. Like, it's just awesome watching him. It really is. He, cause he's not shaped like anyone since Durant first came in, I think, you know, like being that lanky, but also that powerful and competent, like. Uh, he's kind of, he's kind of a, a young, I mean, I don't want to put this, you know, put too much pressure on him, but he's kind of like a young Garnett right now, as far sure. as just like the way he's able to impact the game on the defensive end and still, you know, be a, a reliable scorer and, like, a guy who can shoot the ball as well as, like, play down low. So <clears throat> he's special. And then and then yeah. your guy, Cade, has been um, – he's been on a tear lately. I mean, Oof, he had a really boy. special game the other night. Would he have, like, 35 with 8 and 8 or something like that? And then he had a triple-double tonight. And he's just getting better every single game. He keeps a cool head. He's just a cool, do- cool, cool guy. He tries to get the rest of the team going first. Um, and Jeremy Grant is coming back soon. So these Pistons will be, quote, unquote, at full strength. <laughs> and then you'll, we'll see what really happens. Play in? I don't know. You know, like who, who can tell the future? But uh, Cade and Scotty Barnes and Evan just look, like to me, like they're can't miss all NBA players in five years, and like yeah, Mobley, look, like maybe even special. like three years from now. Yeah, they they all look special, and uh, this is a this looks like a good crop because you know, like Green down in Houston, I still think he'll be good. Josh Giddy's been good. Um, you know, yeah. we've got Herb, we've got some other guys. The Sunu's playing. Herb. Oh. Um, we we've got Duarte. We've got my favorite guy. Franz Wagner. Um, yep. So, you know, there's this is a deep rookie crop, and uh, it'll be cool to see how these guys develop. My boy Senjin down in Houston? Yeah I, yeah, I looked at his stats the other night. Like, he's – he's his stats are, like, intriguing, right? But he, he's just yeah. – he's not quite there yet. But he, you you kind of feel like, yeah, if, he, if they stick with him and they develop him, like, in two years you're going to be like, 
Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, like he might not be a, a stud, but like a, like a guy we talked about last week, Jakob Pertl, right. Where it's like exactly. he sticks around and eventually he becomes like a competent starting NBA center. Who's going to like produce for you. Like, just from the nerd basketball shit that I read, like his footwork is really good. You know, he's super mature. Uh, I I really feel like they have a solid dude there um, for like the next decade if things go right in Houston. I kind of like what Houston has. It's just that, um, you know, how, you know, none of them <laughs> are going to look that way in a couple of yeah. years. Just that, you know, do they make a trade? They're not going to get a free agent for a while, but whatever. These rookies are great. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I it feels like the NBA sort of turned a page with this rookie class. It's like I, you just absolutely know that these the top three will be all stars at some point. Giddy could easily be like the best distributor in five years when the old dudes are gone. Um, they're just dynamite. They're so much fun. Herb Jones is incredible. He is amazing. And then, like, a guy like Duarte, like, I could see him having a 15-year career. Just, like, a solid yeah. dude can score, you know? Yeah. I agree with everything you said, except except for that Giddy could be the best distributor in a few years. That is LaMelo Ball. You take that oh, I'm back sorry. right now. I'm sorry. You're totally right. We were just talking about Lamball, too. Um, exactly. No, I'm, he, I'm busting your chops here, but yeah. They uh, this, have to get him into the All-Star game, right? Lamelo, Like, it's – like, you have to. He's too much fun. Or wait, will he be in the Rising Stars game or whatever? Uh, I believe so because that's usually rookie sophomores, but I agree. He should be an All-Star at this point. Um, but, you know, there's just it, – it's tough to come by those spots right now, so – Anyway, all right. Well, speaking of rookies, let's talk about our challenge game from last week. It happened last night. Uh, it was the Toronto Raptors at the Miami Heat. What a game. A fucking in like that's the most enjoyable game I've watched yeah. all year. It was like a playoff game. It was one of the yeah, most physical games I've seen in a while. Um a triple overtime game, folks, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um and the end score for a triple overtime game was 124 to 120, which kind of low to me. Like, regulation ended yeah, at one. That was exactly what I thought. It was like a low-scoring multiple overtime game. The defense was crazy, and the Heat couldn't buy an outside shot. They Okay, so Miami was on the second game of a back-to-back, -back, and they looked a little tired to me. They just didn't have their jump shots. They they were dreadful. They were 32% from three, 40% from the floor overall. Um, mm -hmm. Kyle Lowry didn't play. He's been out for like five, six, seven games maybe. Um, and they still almost won three times. Yep. <laughs> like they played so close. I Like they crushed Toronto in the fourth quarter. It was They outscored them 25 to 15, I think. Um the heat yeah, now yeah it looked like it looked like you know toronto was actually going to like take this one for a while yeah, and then yeah jimmy butler just like you know did what he did he had a triple double um he oh, yeah. just kept him in this game uh but yeah they were they were down for most of the game and um you know what stood out to me on the raptor side was just like a 
the length of those three, those three guys, those three forwards. Uh, would you know? I've talked about them a lot with you, and I just, I, I don't want to break them up. Like I kind of want to see what they can do with with those three guys: Aminobi, Siakam, and the rookie Barnes. Um, and then you have Gary Trent had a had a really good game. Um, game of you know, his life. What do you yeah, he, like he might never do that again. He scored 33 oh, points. He scored. He can score. I, though, I know, man. but he's, like this was against the Miami Heat team that was trying to kill people. Like this was yeah. so fun. It, like Toronto they, almost lost three times, basically. And it was uh, just because Gary Trent was on fire and like put them this, in a situation where they could keep it close. This was the thinnest rotation for a, for a, triple overtime game from the yeah. Raptors of any team I've ever seen. They played all five of their starters over 55 minutes or over 54 right. minutes. And they only used their bench guys for a combined 37 minutes. Three guys. Only eight total <laughs> Raptors played. It's yeah. it a playoff rotation. Only eight dudes in a triple overtime game. It was like Nick Nurse was like, fuck Miami. We are but even those three got it was just the starters. It, the, they all went fifty plus minutes. It was yeah. incredible. It's, um, it's kind of insane, <laughs> you yeah. know. Like at us, at a, but um, the Raptors are now where are they? Okay, so after that win, they're now twenty four and twenty three, and they're number eight in the East. Yeah, and the Heat and after the loss are thirty two and eighteen, and they're number Sorry. one in the East. No, go ahead, FVV. Like, yeah, I was just going to say, like, you know, we, we, we've, we've talked about the, the Raptors here, but we haven't talked about Van Vliet. And he's, he's like the new Dame Lillard to me as far as just like a guy who has unlimited range, small guard, but can just like he's a, he's a real point guard. And he only had 19 points in this game. It wasn't like he, you know, he was the, the main scorer here. But, they, but he hit some like huge threes at the end from like five feet beyond the three-point line. And it was just – yeah, he just he's been like really special, and you know, obviously he's healthy and Lillard's hurt. But let's say like going into next year, do you still take Dame Lillard over Van Vliet at this point? FVV though, he's like you know a bulldog on defense. Like there were yeah. so many turnovers in this game. Um, Van Vliet was seven for 22 because the Heat were just going at him all fucking night. Like, there were, it, this was such well, a. Who else are you going to go after? Right? I mean, I guess Trent a little bit, but Barnes, Anunoby, and Siakam, you, you, you obviously want to steer clear all of them. I just, like, the, the strategy worked, except Gary Trent Jr.'s, like, got to score all the points that he wanted to. Yeah. Um, he was 13 for 28 from the floor, 5 for 15 from 3. He had 5 steals, too. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. There were 23 turnovers for Miami. Like, Toronto's length and athleticism really fucking gave them a problem. Yeah, yeah that length, it's ridiculous. Tenacious. Yeah, they were just tipping everything and blocking shots, and yeah, it was it was nasty. On the Heat side... Jimmy Butler, I mean, what an incredible performance on his part. 37 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists, five stocks. Um, yeah. You know, one for five from deep. Probably wish that he, he had his three going a little bit but more. But he was but, you taking know, those three, not... like, towards the end of the game because it was yeah. like, I, I want to try to win. Yeah. And um, uh, Gabe Vincent, poor Gabe Vincent, I thought, <laughs> you know, that shot <laughs> – 
So Dude. that you know, he oh. for those of you who didn't Whew. obviously haven't a lot of people haven't seen this one, but uh Gabe Vincent took a shot that it looked like for a second he was going to like hit just like a, a an amazing buzzer beater in overtime to win the game. Um but they said that what was the call that they called a Coach timeout? Oh called a timeout. Yeah, they, they he, he called a timeout before he shot it. Um <laughs> and uh yeah, so but he Coach had of a the really year, good, probably. Yeah. Coach, by the way, but but Gabe Vincent five five of twelve from deep, seventeen points, kind of like a Patty Mills type guy mm. out there. Foreshadowing, good call. <laughs> uh, you know, and also just uh, like another fucking Miami Heat guy out of goddamn nowhere. <clears throat> by the way, yeah. Well, we've talked about him, and they've cultivated this guy for a few years now, and it seems like he's probably here to stay at least for a while. Um, Duncan Robinson, uh, oh my God. who had started to kind of heat up in the last couple weeks. Uh, you want to talk about Duncan? 20 minutes is what Dunk played last night. Uh, Brandon, how many points did Duncan score? Uh, donut. Zero in mm. 20 minutes. Oh, for five. Um, I feel bad for Duncan because I love him and go blue and he's just one of the players where it's like the new rules combined with a new ball he lost his shot he's so up and down like he's made a bunch of threes but he's also had games like this where it's like you can't hit anything yeah but he was he was starting to come on lately um you know he was actually a guy that the last two two to three weeks I thought like okay this is the time to pick Duncan back up but this one got this one was 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 ugly for him. Um, like zero points is tough to be yeah. able to roster. Like I dropped him a couple of weeks ago. And there have been nights where I'm like, "Fuck, he scored yeah. twenty. But <laughs> like he's shooting like thirty four percent from the floor or something nuts like that. Like it's just too up and down for me. Um, mm-hmm. And the entire Miami roster is that way, really. Yeah. Like Hero didn't shoot well. Um, Five for twenty two. Yeah, and like from deep, Bam was kind of quiet. Even like he was five mm-hmm. for twelve from the floor, yeah. up with fourteen points, sixteen rebounds, three steals, two blocks, um, and you know, like doing dirty work. Like I still love Bam. It was just that. No, I know exactly where you're going. You would like, a, you would have liked to see him score like twenty points in this one. Like get right? to the like, line more, you know, yeah. like, like do what Jimmy was doing, but <laughs> there. <laughs> They're on the second night of a back-to-back. Like, they clearly don't have their legs. Everybody, you know, on the team just didn't have their legs. And the Raptors are all teenagers on cocaine with octopus (laughs) arms, except for FBV, who's a gigantic bulldog and is fucking getting in your face. Like, he, you know, he was jawing with the refs, too. I love him so goddamn much. Oh, you asked earlier about Dame. I wouldn't trade for Dame if it meant giving, giving up FBV. If I'm Toronto, just because of the sentimentality and the defense. No, but from a fantasy perspective, right now, going uh, into – if you're drafting uh, for next year, who are you taking first, Van Vliet or Dame, for next I season? he'll have to do Dame. Um, okay. Because, like, he's a guy that can regularly challenge for the scoring title, you know, or at least be, like, in the top five. Like, Van Vliet's not that dude. Um, so in fantasy, you can get more bang for Dame. Um, and like an abdomen thing, like he'll be fine for next season, you know? And it's like maybe yeah. a layoff 
is good. Um, also, and I, and I think that's fair. I just, I just think it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's a conversation now where oh, before sure. it was like, like we said, like two years ago, like Van Vliet was on waivers, right? Um, if someone in our league came to me, I have Dame, by the way. If someone who, if whoever at FEV came to me and was like, here's Van Vliet for Dame, I'd say yes. But that's because Fred's yeah. playing and Dame isn't. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why I said for, for, for uh, going into next year. But uh, yeah, just he's he's come a long way. I mean, um, a guy who's like been known for big shots, like even when he was in college. So big fan of his. Um, like you, you mentioned. Like Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Luke with fucking Kyle. Fred yeah. Van Vliet plays like Kyle Lowry does. Like mm-hmm. with the same kind of just ferocious, this is my fucking court. Like it is. Yeah. <laughs> or like Batman and Robin or, you know, whatever. Protege and mentor. Um, he He maintained that kind of backcourt presence. And now it's just like a forest of young dudes and him. And Pascal's played better. Like I don't. I'm I'm with you. I don't want to break that trio up just because it's so 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 problematic. But I do think that there are some guys where, you know, is Pascal really untradeable? Like if if Philadelphia wanted Siakam for Ben, you know, like would you say no to that? I don't think you'd say no to that. Mm, I don't know. I don't. I think you're right. But uh, you're. But I, I do. I do like, and I do think that we've only. They're only scratching the surface of like how they can play together, and they're all so like multifaceted that uh, you know. Um, but yeah, totally agree. Um, this was a this was a fun one, but it was like you said, it was a, a veteran team coming off a back to back against like a team full of just like young athletes. So. Dude, and PJ um, Tucker got like furiously pissed at one point. I think like in the third quarter, like I didn't. I'm not sure who he got furious at, but he he was looking around with that PJ playoff face. Like I am fucking gonna fight somebody. Yeah, he um, had he had three three pointers in this one. Um, yeah. he had a, a, eleven points and five rebounds, a couple steals. So uh, is, three of six from deep. He's such a Heat player, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's so funny. It's great that him and buckets are on the same team. Yeah. Uh the Heat might be getting Oladipo back soon. Okay. Um I think the Heat are also a team that could maybe be in the mix for an actual trade for Jeremy Grant. I don't know how whether that intrigues you or not. Um I I, I do I, I think any talent upgrade for the Heat because they do like it gets to a point where it's just like at a bio, like you said, he's going to kind of do what he does and facilitate and like run those like handoffs and set screens. And then Jimmy's going to like do a little bit of everything and just like, just put his fingerprints on the game. But like, they need another guy who can just, you know, Jimmy can like take a possession off and they can just like hand it to him. And right now they don't really have that. Like when heroes on, you know, he's really on, but like when he's not, it's just, and his game is like, his, he's like some of the things he does, you're like, wow, like that was really impressive. Like some of the floaters and, you know, combinations oh, yeah. he does, but uh, you know, it's just, so he takes a lot of shots that, you know, he's still working out the kinks. So 
it's like he's kind of like a lamello ball to me but without the passing so it's like he kind of has the same like offensive game as lamello but at least lamello when his when his shot's not clicking he can go out and get like 13 assists you know um but i i do think like they would they could benefit from a veteran guy like a grant and uh he seemed like he'd be a good fit down there i mean talk about a hard-nosed guy oh, right my God. so yeah, yeah, are you kidding? Like him and Bam would be, uh, ugh, uh, yeah, pretty big problem for people. Um, I could also see them doing something maybe like a little bit cheaper, like Joe Ingles or something. You know, like maybe yeah. trying to get because Jeremy Grant isn't going to get traded unless it's like a seriously good for real trade. So, right. um, you know, I think that probably means Tyler Hero if it's right. the Heat. Yeah, I was going to say um, you have to give up Hero, right? Because none of your other – Duncan's not an asset in that capacity any longer. Like, you know, I'd like to get Omer your <laughs> I love your seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I would like that, but that's not a necessity. Um, but, yeah, they're – I mean, they're in first place, you know? And it's a team with elite fantasy players and then dudes – who are supposed to be the shooters around them. And it's like, they have not a lot of consistency on the perimeter so far, but they're in first place and they could end the season that way. No problem. Cause they've been without Lowry Lowry for a while when he comes back. I mean, him and Jimmy together are perfect. Yeah. It's good. It's a good pairing for sure. And it's really worked out that signing. Yeah. All right. Any really other uh, no, that's good. I think we covered the team in depth. Um, did I have anything else? Oh, just Jimmy, 37, 14, and 10. I'm, God damn. Yeah. That's just so good. He's so, so good. It's amazing. Yeah, he is. Right. Uh, do you – oh, we'll do the challenge game for next week later. Okay, let's move on to our focus team. My second team, because of proximity, the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets are 29 and 20. They've lost four games in a row. They're currently the sixth seed in the East. Their starting five before the season began was going to be Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, and then Nick Claxton, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin at the five. That hasn't worked out. Brooklyn Joe's been out for a majority of the season. He had a setback. We have no idea when he's coming back. James Harden is out with a hamstring and a hand injuries day to day. Kyrie Irving is unvaxxed, so can only play on road games. Although who knows what COVID looks like in a couple of months. Maybe he'll be able to play at home. Kevin Durant is out with a knee injury through at least the all-star game. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is out with a sprained ankle and was in a boot. Um, This entire team has been a disaster, even though they have a great record and they still have a good chance to be a dangerous playoff team if KD, Harden, and Kyrie are all healthy at the same time. Brandon, tell us your thoughts about these Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, so coming into the year, one of the most exciting um, teams as far as just like upside with that trio of, uh, of, you know, guys that are perennial all-stars, um, you know, a couple MVPs between Harden and, and Durant. Um, so, you know, 
obviously haven't really gotten a chance to see them, the three of them on the floor together last year or this year. So, you know, once we got the news on Kyrie coming back, you know, obviously everyone wanted to see what was going to happen there. And then Kevin Durant goes down and has a serious injury. So we still don't really get to see it. Um, James Harden didn't play last night. So the Warriors-Nets game uh, was was really kind of like Kyrie really being ball dominant and just being back in like the role that he's probably accustomed to for most of his life. Um, like what was thought, the difference between that game and Cleveland Cavaliers games before LeBron came back? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so I think, I think like Kyrie's fine being in that role. Um, there's this, some, some seems to be some like potential friction with, with Harden about Kyrie's situation being part-time. So I don't know what's going on there, but at the end of the day, this, these guys are talented, and I think if you're like a basketball fan or a fantasy basketball fan, like you, you want to see them play. Um, you want to see like kind of if they have the what it takes to potentially like make a deep playoff run and try to you know win a championship. Um, and you know I, I'm always like intrigued to see you know this kind of talent play together. Um, you know do I do I think that like you know. They're gonna. They're the favorite to win the East when healthy. I think so. And if they have all three of them out there, I think they're. I think they're a little bit better than the than the Bucks. But um, you know, we'll have to see. From a fantasy perspective, um, it really depends <laughs> on how. I mean, there's there's obviously the, the talent at the top, but like the, with after that, it gets thin. We've talked about like Lamarcus Aldridge, um, Nick Claxton is a guy that's been in, interesting. Um, it's it's not like there's not a ton of depth here. It really depends on how deep your league is. If you're looking for streaming guys, maybe, but I mean, this team kind of is what it is, right? Um, I don't know. What what do you think? When everyone was healthy, the rare occurrences, uh, when all three of those guys and Brooklyn Joe have played, uh, their offensive rating broke records it was the best offense we'd ever seen they are some of the most potent offensive players we'll ever see maybe like Kyrie's handle is for real hall of fame like maybe top 10 he's the Um, he's the best ball handler in the world right now at for sure um Harden while you know, limited and battling through injury and who is the minutes leader on the Brooklyn Nets this year um, is still one of the best basketball players in the world. And Kevin Durant is arguably the best basketball player in the world from day to day, depending on your mood and whether he's actually available. But right now, the Brooklyn Nets are made up of exactly one person, and that person is Patty Mills. The only reason that Brooklyn has the record as is Patty Mills, the best signing in the last offseason, has been doing his job and then some. He is second in total minutes played on the Nets. He was supposed to be their sixth man. Like he He's was playing small forward right now. He's listed as the small forward on their <laughs> yeah. depth chart, Brandon. It's amazing. What the li- like? They couldn't even be like. You can start at the two. They're like, dude, I, 
I mean, you're a spur, right? Like you can deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. with <it. laughs> And, and Patty, who I think he's Australian. He's just like one of those yeah. dudes where it's like, yo, I get more minutes and more shots. That's great. Um, yeah. Okay. As a fantasy player and as a Brooklyn Nets watcher, I need to give you some numbers because Patty Mills has been to me the secret shadow MVP of the season. Um, So he's second in total minutes on the Nets. This season, Mills has 668 total points, 104 total rebounds, 125 assists, 158 total three-pointers made, which is fourth in the NBA overall, by the way. And he has a 42.7 three-point percentage. There's a list of players, five names long, who have at least 600 total points, like Patty Mills, 100, at least 100 rebounds, at least 100 assists, at least 100 three-pointers made, and also have a 43-point percentage or better. Those okay. players are C.J. McCollum, who's 96% rostered, Mike Conley, 85% rostered, Desmond Bain, 75% rostered, and Fernice Simons. 53% rostered. Patty Mills is 25% rostered. Mm-hmm. He has provided you volume and efficiency. He is the only fucking reason the Brooklyn fucking Nets have the record they have right now because he's like been second banana. Every fucking been injured. It's been him and KD and him and Harden, him and Kyrie. Yeah, now it's him and Kai. And he's been a top 75 player overall in fantasy. And he's available in three quarters of leagues. It baffles me. Like, I just don't even know what type of league you're in where you don't need that player. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, I mean, I just don't get it at all. In real life, um, I mean, he's... It's awesome watching him. He's fun. Like I'm I'm really glad that it was a savvy pickup. Um the team, you can't give any opinions about the team overall though, because it's like who's playing? Like Blake Griffin yeah. is washed. Nick Claxton is, you know, maybe good. Dayron Sharp is maybe good. Bruce Brown is there. Like what you know, what the fuck are we supposed to do, man? Like Joe Harris might not be able to play this year. Um Joe Harris for Eric Gordon works in a trade contract wise. They're both three years, 17, 18 million dollars. Um, Houston, if you did that straight up, Houston would get, you know, slightly cheaper mm. and a younger player. And Brooklyn gets a player who is actually playing and is also a better defender than Brooklyn Joe and can shoot and like is a professional guy. That's, in, that's interesting. Um, Gary Harris for Brooklyn Joe works like, but I, but you know, these are perimeter players. Do you want a guy in the paint? Like presumably Kevin Durant will play center, you know, quote unquote for a lot of the games, especially in the playoffs. But don't you want someone better than like Nick Claxton and LaMarcus Aldridge? Yeah, I mean, you do, um, and it comes down to matchup, but you've got to imagine, I mean, there's a good shot you're going through Giannis or Embiid in a playoff series, right, if you go far, if you make it that far. So, 
Um, you you think? Uh, I mean, and and I I still I still like Plaxton as a twenty minute a game guy. Yeah. Um, but um, agreed. And Aldridge, you know, he's played, but he's inconsistent. He's hurt again. So you know, as a I mean, he's consistent, but he's inj- his his availability yeah. has been inconsistent. Um, so you, you need some depth at the very least there. Like you said, Blake Griffin's like, I, I forget he's on the team a lot of times. Um, he's played, he played a little bit in the last game, but he hasn't really because they been, had to. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's scraping the bottom of the barrel. I mean, this yeah. is God damn. And you just see what Jared Allen's doing in Cleveland. And you're like, yeah. Oh, you didn't need to even trade him. Like that was all. <laughs> but i also don't know like what kind of guy that they could get that would really move the needle i mean like what if you could get andre drummond really cheap or something like the it's you know is that gonna put you over the hump would you rather have eric gordon and philly wouldn't give up drummond to to a team they're gonna potentially face how about would they yeah i've uh, how about KCP and Montrez Harrell since Wizards are cratering? Would they, you know, like you can make the contracts work with Joe Harris and one of the young guys. I don't know if, if, a the, ring, if the, Wizard, do the Wizards really want Harrell. I mean, uh, do the Wizards really want uh, Joe? I feel like they have a lot of, they have some shooting talent or at least talent that you would hope that can develop into shooting talent. I mean, Brooklyn Joe has been like one of the most efficient three-point shooters in the league. Also, he's younger than I think both Montrez and KCP. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. I, I but that's I don't fair. really know what you know the Wizards want to do. Um, and you're trading within the conference. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's like it's a little rough. Like, yeah. It's not, but it it's won't not pretty. Really, but I don't know if it will even matter if the big three are healthy when it matters. You know, well, like that's what it comes down to. That's that's ultimately what this comes down to. It's so hard to gauge a team like that, though, because you're like Kyrie doesn't get to play in half the games. Harden, <laughs> yeah, Harden is, is like playing on a team that was like the the roster around him in Houston the year that he demanded out is arguably better than the roster he has around him when Kyrie can't play like Patty Mills is the only other real dude yeah it's not it's not fun watching them that they don't have those three uh, i mean and like there's no way that the nba would let the nets play in the playoffs without Kyrie like they'll just move the game to another state <laughs> you know like, <laughs> where he can play, or they'll just pay the fine you know to do it in new york i mean it's not that big of a fine um but it's uh it's just there's no consistency on the team you don't get to know yeah. who's playing all the time it's stupid and steve nash even though he's great he's still a young coach and he was expecting a completely different team yeah it's tough man but whatever, if Katie's there, anything's possible. Um, let's see. Is there anything else? Oh, Nick Claxton. I don't think that Brock, that Brooklyn wants to pay him. Uh, so 
if they are going to do a trade, he might be on the move. So if you mm-hmm. roster Claxton, you might want to pay attention. Um, there, but it's just so many injuries, and poor Bruce Brown. He's like, what, what the hell? <laughs> Like Patty Mills took my spot, <laughs> <laughs> like a backup point guard. Whatever. Uh, any other thoughts about Brooklyn? No, that's that that covers it. It should be a team with great fantasy players. It is not. Whatever. Okay, let's move on to some player additions. Um, the Jazz are the only team in the NBA that play two games this upcoming week. Um, everybody else plays three or four. So if you have Jazz players, you might want to reconsider streaming them unless they're the elites. Go Bears still out. Who knows if he's going to play? Don Mitch is still out, I think, with the concussion. Uh, all right. I have like five dudes. How many guys do you have? Um, I, I have, I could go up to seven, I guess. And I don't, well, my and I'll, first just, I'll is, just drop some, I'll drop names too. I don't necessarily need to talk about them all, but I'll just mention yeah. a few names at the end. Well, you can go right away. Cause my first dude is just Patty Mills. Like he's 25% rostered. He top seven player on the year. Um, and the Nets play four games this week and Patty Mills will get heavy minutes in all four of them. Brandon, your turn. <laughs> yeah, we we love Patty. This is a, a pro Patty podcast. It's just that stupid past. that it's like he's available in th- three quarters of every. Oh my god! You know what? I and I think I was looking at him the other day, and I was thinking maybe if you look at him and you just see his position rank, he's not ranked that high amongst point guards. But when you look at him amongst no. all players, regardless of position, you realize that point guards are just all kind of gathered at the top there. So the 20th best point guard is still a top 60 player, right? You know, it's not. And I I think that threw me off about him for a while because he was like not even in the top 20 point guards, but he was still a top 70 player. So you're like, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, He's supposed to be a sixth man, (laughs) you know? So, yeah. Um, Also, you know, state the obvious, the Kyrie handcuff. Right. So, uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Oh, he's nice. We've talked about him week after week after week, so don't need to continue to just beat the drum here. But um, consistent source of rebounding, amazing field goal in the last two weeks, shooting seventy-two percent from the field, yeah. also 72 percent from the free throw line on three point one attempts. So he's not a guy who doesn't. You know, he gets a few free throws in there. Uh, nine points. He's great. Fucking a. Keep going. Nine points, eight rebounds, two steals, two assists, and is over his over the last two weeks playing just under thirty minutes. Uh, I mean, he's a dynasty guy. Um, he's a right now guy, and he's a he's a kid who's like in a in a good fit. And I watched some of the T wolves the other night against the Warriors, and like the the commentators were saying it too. It's like. It's a talented team. We talked about that. Remember I told you I was kind of frustrated with that team. Like they're a talented team. And so VA is a big part of that. And uh, he's a guy I think should, should be added in in more leagues. Since by the way, he's a top 80 player in basic fantasy basketball. Like if you care about that sort of thing, he's 25% rostered. I know nobody watches Timberwolves games. No one knows who this is since December 1st. 
Vanderbilt is averaging eight plus points per game, 10 plus rebounds per game, one plus dime, 1.8 steals per game, and has a 64 yeah, a steal guy. Rebounds and steals. I'll take that combo. Yes, please. Thank you very much. Only 14 players are averaging 10 rebounds or more over that span and for the season, too. Wow. Um, he's on the verge of a double double every single game he plays now. Um, yeah. so it, I, I mean, available in 75% of leagues, a dude who has literally been getting better each and every month, a guy who's getting the minutes and the opportunities now. And like you said, from the line, like he's ex- asserting him a little bit more. Um, the combo of boards and steals is so nice. That's, that's yeah. great. Um, and he's just one of those dudes where it's like, yeah, all right, the points per game isn't great, but you don't care because the other counting stats matter too. Yeah, no, it, it makes p- perfect sense. Uh, another guy kind of in that same area, 31%, just under 31, Kevin Love. I mean, keep talking about him. Um, all yeah. he's done, you know, all he's done, you know, lately is just put up. Um, over the last two weeks, all he's done is 15 points, seven rebounds, three assists, three threes, you know, just under three, three pointers, 48% from the field. Um, pick him up, you know, I mean, unless you, unless you just really, you know, if you, if you're really trying to focus on the defensive stats, he's not going to be a, a big contributor there, but as far as efficient scoring from the three point in the post, he's a guy who's been always been a prodigious rebounder. Um, I still like Kevin Love at 31%. And then, you know, a guy I mentioned last week, too, just to keep it in the theme of the, the big man, Bismack Biombo um, <laughs> continues to, to get, you know, double doubles. So as long as Aiden is out, um, it's going to be, be – so Biombo is actually making the start now, and JaVale McGee is coming off the bench because I think JaVale was, a, was, was banged up a little bit. So Biombo – um, he's playing right now um, in the first half. He's on pace for another double-double. The last game, he had 14 and 12. And then two games before that, 16 and 13. The game before that, 21 and 13. So um, he's a guy I'm just riding it, you know, riding it, it while he's got the, the playing time. Um, if he's going to get 30 minutes a game with Chris Paul, I like it. Caleb, he's fi- 15, 15% for Biombo. Right, because everyone's like, wait, isn't – wasn't he on the match? Wait, <laughs> what's he doing in Phoenix? Is he starting? What's going on? Also not get great for uh, DeAndre Ayton's um, off-season contract negotiations. The fact that maybe the Suns seem to be able to just plug in bigs and they succeed. I guess that's the Chris Paul effect. Uh, for Kevin Love, the finisher, Lori Markinen is out for at least a couple of weeks, I believe. So... Um, Love is getting, you know, some of his minutes. He's getting some of the uh, Ricky Rubio minutes until there's a trade in Cleveland. I think that Love's minutes and shots will be safe because people keep dropping and he's been good. Um, You know, like he'll be in the conversation for sixth man of the year. Uh, Let's see. Let's go with a Chicago Bull who has been top 50 the past two weeks. Io DeSunmu, 
who is registered on the interwebs as an SG, a shooting guard. He will be getting point guard eligibility soon. He's listed as the point guard on the Bulls' depth chart. Over the last two weeks, he's averaged 13-5-5 with over a steal per game, over a three-pointer made per game, on 55% shooting from the floor. Today, he had 11 assists against Portland. I'll take that. Um, Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball are out for the foreseeable future. Io is starting for the Bulls, playing off of DeRozan and Zach Levine and Vooch. Uh, He is widely available and, uh, you know, gives you 11 assists sometimes. That seems like it is pretty valuable in fantasy basketball, especially for people that are losing dudes left and right. Yeah, and Desunu over the last two weeks playing 38 minutes a game, um, shooting 55% from the floor. He's on, he's not even taking 10, 10 shots. So if he if he decides to just you know take 12 or 13 shots, you could see him have a nice uptick in scoring. Yeah, so I, I like him, and that's another guy as part of if this rookie class who's been really good. Right. If he's for real, and Chicago won't have to suffer the loss of Lonzo and Caruso as much as they feared. That is a huge deal for the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, it is like that team is just stocked with dudes. If Io's real, that team is stocked with dudes. They could make an actual real trade. Um, you know, like if someone, if, if they say, to someone, here's Caruso and Patrick Williams. Give us whoever. Like you have to, you know, for Jeremy Grant, the Pistons would have to be like, okay, well, we're ooh, that's pretty nice. Um, yeah. Also, also, Caruso, he's been there for five minutes. It's, you know, like he's great, mm-hmm. but he doesn't score. He's just a bulldog on defense. So they they have lots of options. Um, and DeRozan is still playing superb and Levine who doesn't have a contract extension I don't think is also those two just play so well together I like that team I hate that I like that team yeah um let's see I have an 18 percent dude Monte Morris good streamer four games this week he's been top 100 over the past couple of weeks averages 12 four and four He's not a dude that I think you need to have on your team, but if you have an open roster spot, you might as well. Um, mm-hmm. He gets minutes and shots on Denver. Um, yeah, he, about... he's a guy, and yeah, he's a guy. He's not a high ceiling, but generally right. has a pretty decent floor. Um, he's going to play. You know, if he's going to play, he's going to at least you know contribute in the scoring and assists area. So, like, I, I like that. Who do you have? Um, so I'll just a few guys. I'll throw out a few names quickly here. Um, Cameron Johnson on Phoenix just you know continues yeah. to be just one of the best three and D guys in the league. Um, last fifteen games, only you know he's, he doesn't score a ton, but he does it so efficiently and he does it on right. three pointers that it's like you know so twelve points, but two and a half threes, almost five rebounds, one point three steals. And, you know, shooting 46% from the field, he's a, he's a knockdown shooter and he's an elite defender. So he's going to continue to develop and play. And I think the more he's only taking nine shots a game, you know, at some point that's probably going to expand. Um, 
a couple a couple uh clippers um a couple clipper guards our wing players amir coffee who we've talked about coffee to the cup it's joe time uh and luke Kennard. luke Kennard's been you know mm-hmm. since he's since he's come back uh, he came back on january 19th scored seven points but since then in the next six games he scored in double figures in each game and his rebounding has really ticked up he had uh 10 rebounds today and he had eight rebounds um about uh, earlier in the week 25 eight rebounds with six assists in that game so 14 and 10 in his most recent game with four assists um he's a guy who's got the green light right now and he's going to you know be a good source of you know points and threes and if he's going to rebound at like almost five a game um you know he's that that kind of rounds it out a little bit even more so i i think both of those clippers coffee is also putting up 15 points a game um shooting you know from deep two and a half threes 3.6 rebounds two assists one steal uh coffee's another guy like the clippers beat the hornets today and yeah. i don't know like if you're a hornets fan you're pissed off about that and if you're a clippers fan you might be a little bit pissed off about that um it is both such- of those guys rostered under 10 per- uh, canards at 10 percent coffees at seven percent yeah, and we should also mention I uh, I think Marcus Morris played today too, um, and he's a guy that can get you twenty. Um, let's see, who do I have here? Okay, here's a guy you don't need to add, but you should keep your eye on Chuma Okeke. Yeah, uh huh. Uh-huh. That was Top my next hundred. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. All right, I'll be quick. Uh, this is no, a guy. Go ahead. So I liked him a lot last year, and he had mm-hmm. a really good second half of the season. Over the last two weeks, he's been a top uh, 100 player, averaging 10-5-1 with over a steal per game, more than two threes per game. Uh, he's 23 years old. The Magic play four games this week. Um, they're a roster with a lot of turmoil. I mean, Markel Fultz hasn't played all year. You know, and like he's technically on this team, Jonathan Isaac. Um, There's just like a bunch of mouths to feed, but Chuma is one of those young mouths that uh, has already performed well, especially in fantasy. So I'm hoping that he gets a larger role as the season goes along, especially if the Magic do end up making a trade and perhaps open some minutes dots for Chuma. Um, But he's 12, he's 12, he's 23 years old. And he's a player that has already had success in the past. So keep your eye on him. You don't need to pick him up, but you yeah, know, I, I agree. He's a guy that I'm not like, you're right. I'm not picking him up, but if he has like two more good games in a row, I'm probably picking him up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, it is <laughs> like things presumably we'll get a little bit more clear over the next couple of weeks. February 10th is the trade deadline, I think. So yeah, I watch lists, you know, make sure you're paying attention to dudes that are maybe coming off the bench, but could start depending on one or two things. A guy like Devin Vassell on the Spurs, one of my fantasy boyfriends, a guy I believe in he's 7% rostered. He's top 100 over the last 15 days. Averaging 13-5-1 with over two threes per game. He scored 20 against the Grizzlies recently. And since December 1st, he's fifth in total minutes 
on the Spurs. So he's getting those minutes. Um, I think his role is just going to continue to grow. He's an ad in dynasty leagues. If you're looking for a young dude that is not heavily rostered and, you know, depending on what happens, he could end up being, you know, a starter for the rest of the season. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like it. Um, I have one more. Uh, I think I mentioned him two weeks ago and that's Trey Lyles. If you need a guy under 5%, he's 4% rostered. He, he plays for uh, this team in Detroit. Um, he's got a bit of an attitude recently. He's like, he's not taking shit from people. I kind of like it. So in his last 15, in the last 15 days, he's 15 points, five rebounds, uh, one assist, one block, um, shooting 45% from the field on, you know, nine, nine shot attempts per game. Um, pretty decent free throw shooter as well so far. Um, so, you know, not a guy who's like a traditional big who's going to like kill your, your free throws, but he's been playing like in that kind of like 15 to 25 minutes per game for pretty much the whole month. Um, and he seems to be a guy who's like going to give you low double digit points and a handful of rebounds and like maybe like, you know, three combined steal assist blocks. So, um, you know, nothing sexy here, but like I said, 4% owned. Um, Natty has mentioned several times that, you know, there could be a trade with the Pistons. So we'll see what, what happens with, with this, with Lyles. But for now, um, I'm, that's a guy I'm streaming. Um, if I, if, you know, if the, if the, the night, uh, the matchup on the night works out. Today, he went for 15, 7, and 2 and went four for seven from the floor in 20 minutes against the Cleveland Cavaliers, one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. So, yes, I heartily second that emotion. Trey Lyles is proving himself useful. Like, he's sort of playing the role that Kelly Olynyk was supposed to play, I think, this mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Um, and Olynyk, we should just note, Olynyk, I think, is in the health and safety protocol. Yeah. So he's going to come come back at some point, and that'll probably cut into Lyle's playing time. But we'll see. Maybe. We'll see, right? I mean, exactly. Yeah. Like, we don't know Kelly Olynyk a goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you can come off the bench for three minutes. Who cares? Uh, Trey Lyle's is also a dude that's, like, trying to win. He plays tough, and he goes for his points. Like when he comes off the bench, you can tell like there will be a crowd of dudes in the paint and he is not even trying to look to pass or get out. of. He's just like, I'm getting up there. I'm going to the line. I'm getting my fucking points. I want stats. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he's a, I think he's a guy that if he's going to play 20 minutes a game, he's useful. Um, let's see. Anybody else? I mean, like Chris Duarte and Herb Jones are both under 30% rostered. If they're available in your league, you should pick them up immediately. Um, I mean, Herb, God, I'm in love with him. I'm pretty excited about him. Justin Holiday, 7%. He's he's another guy if you're looking for a streaming streamer. The Pacers Um, were supposed to be a playoff team, and they are a catastrophe. Oh, my. God, what are they right now? They're the third worst team in the East. They're 18 and 33. Yikes. And uh and one other guy, uh, he's only it's only been three games back, but uh Willie Hernan Gomez seems to be playing in New Orleans. So he's he's clocked 30 minutes in each of his first three games back. 
and has had two double doubles in that span. So scored in double figures in all three games. So, so that's a guy if you're if you're looking deep, uh, you know, maybe take a flyer. You mean the Zion Williamson New Orleans Pelicans? <laughs> that team. Give me never heard of him. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. All right. Uh, we will see you next week. Oh, wait. Uh, challenge, oh, challenge game. game. You're right. Yeah. So yes. the challenge game, just give me one second. I just, I think it was Thursday night. Let me just make sure. Uh, yes. This Thursday, February 3rd, Phoenix at Atlanta. The battle nice. of two of the best point guards in the league. Um, should be, we should see some high flying action, some three point shooting. Um, I expect this one to be a, a fun one. Um, I, I don't know if it'll be an extremely high scoring game, but I expect it to be relatively high scoring. We're gonna see some lobs, yeah, um, definitely. We're, we're gonna see some barking. Trey and CP3 are gonna bark during this game. Um, and you know, the front court's going to be interesting and fucking Mikhail Bridges versus Deandre Hunter, like, and obviously Booker, no, no one is talking about Booker this year and he's having a great season. That whole team is doing well. Um, but that's a great, great game. Cam Johnson. And you know, like Atlanta's getting hot and I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with John Collins and Clint Capella. Like, I don't know if it's the end of the world, if you can't like move them for like, who who could you possibly, is there like a superstar trade you can get with those two dudes? I don't know. Um, I doubt it. Yeah. Like the Pistons are going to be like, sure. We'll take Jeremy Grant for those two guys that we don't want like beef stew better, but whatever. Um, I think Atlanta will be basically in its same and in, in, you know pretty close to to what they are now after the trade deadline. I think they might make a move around the the margin, but I don't expect them to do a, a big block blockbuster type deal. I mean, one of the problems is that like there's just so many players out, and there's so much uncertainty with COVID that it's you know pushing all your chips into the middle is sort of tough. Even yeah, though it's it a season where like Brooklyn's maybe wounded and uh, the Bucks don't have Brolo, whether that matters or not, I don't know. But, but um, you know, Le- LeBron keeps getting hurt and the Lakers aren't going to be tough and the Warriors don't have Draymond and their offense is cratering. I mean, this does sort of feel like a wide open year. A bunch of the good teams are walking wounded. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. There's definitely. Uh... More teams have a shot this year than I would say in in quite a while, maybe in the last 10 years almost. It is an awesome season. I, I mean, that triple overtime game, I think that was the most fun I've had watching a game because it was just so rough. Yeah, and the refs, like weren't calling everything. And like you could just see if this is a seven-game series, if this is a playoff series, and it could be, um, it's going to be a, a rock fight and just incredible because that is, I mean, uh, it's a Jimmy Butler special, really. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. All right. Phoenix and Hawks looking forward to it. That's going to be a good one. Brandon, stay safe, stay warm. Good luck with the shoveling. See you next week. 
All right, man. Take care.